The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. And welcome back to a very special Thanksgiving episode of Biopsychosocial. I am Jordan, the world's okayest nurse. Oh, and oh. I'm Kayla, the world's okayest therapist, I guess. Yes. Sometimes I say to my patients, you expected Florence Nightingale and, you know, you got me. Mm. I'm funnier than I, Florence Nightingale. Yeah, I was going to say, they're probably happy about that. Florence Nightingale probably was very serious. I can imagine that. Yeah, she carried a lamp and she was very interested in sanitation. And my therapist always says, if all you can think of to put on my gravestone that I was very tidy, please think of something else. There you go. She's correct. I was just going to say, I had a student sitting with me the other day and they were like, oh, one of my friends says that they go to you too. And I was like, well, you know, I can't talk about, you know, anybody else that comes here. And they were like, I know, I know. But they, you know, I said, oh, Kayla. And they said, yeah, I go to her too. And and I was like, what did they say after that? Oh, yeah, I know that crazy cat lady. <laughs> they just started laughing. I'm not just a regular therapist. I'm a cool therapist. Yes, exactly. I am. You are hip. We did decide that you are the um, the, the school counselor from Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> I And I'm the Steve Buscemi, um, how do you do fellow kids? How do you do <laughs> fellow kids? <laughs> Listen, that is that is all of us. Uh, we babysat for my niece last night, and I I never felt older, mostly because she knows that Auntie loves to dance, so mm -hmm. she wanted to dance with Auntie, which I stand and deliver. But she wanted Auntie to hold her for all of the dancing. Oh, jeez. Uh, and she, this was funny. Kids are really emotionally intelligent. It's like one of my favorite things about them. And we were singing, uh, "Do you want to build a snowman from Frozen?" Mm -hmm. And then the musical interlude happened and she looked at me and said, this is where Elsa's parents go away and they never come back. Oh, and then I saw the cogwheels turn in her head because we were babysitting her because her parents went out to dinner and mm -hmm. she looked at me like with this scared look on her face. And I was like, not the same thing, not the same thing. <laughs> Yours are coming back. I promise. Oh no. And you were like, well, yeah, we're not going to have this conversation right now about what happened to Elsa's parents. <laughs> Elsa's parents never came back. Yep. They went, they went to Ariel's wedding and they never came back. That's correct. <laughs> so so that's about as lighthearted as the conversation is going to be for the next um, however long this episode is going to be because we have a doozy for you. Yes, and we have several content warnings. Several. Several, several, several. So... Let me put this into perspective for you. I was watching, we watched an episode of Snap, the episode of Snap that had to do with this person. And my husband came home and was about to eat his lunch. And I had to stop the episode. I famously talk about inappropriate things when people are trying to eat. And I said, y this can't be on while you're trying to eat your lunch. And he was like, it has to be bad if you're saying that. Um, so, so big, yeah. yeah. So if you were, you know, have a, 
sensitive stomach, if you get queasy or if you get, you know, skeeved out easily, this might not be the greatest episode for you. Um, Feel free to put down the Thanksgiving leftovers for now and maybe go back to it when we're done. If you can, if you can. Yes. Um, we also, there's also the content warning, of course, of this case involves domestic violence mm-hmm. and uh, rape as well. Yes, it does. Um, so if that's not um, conducive to your mental health and well-being, totally fine for you to skip this episode or skip parts of this episode. We will not be upset. Your wellness and health and well-being is of the utmost importance, and we still love you. And honestly, if you skip it, we won't even know. So it's okay. No, we won't know. <laughs> we won't know. Um, 19, we'll have 19 views instead of 20. And that's all right. Um, <laughs> so what we did was we reviewed the case of Omaya, Omaya Nelson. Thankfully, I put pronunciations on every page. It's and okay. Oma, Omaima. Omaima. Okay. Omaima. So I put the wrong pronunciation on every page is what you're saying. (laughs) Omaima Nelson. So she was on an episode of Snapped. And if you have some sort of cable where you have access to Peacock, it is free on Peacock. It is season 14, episode one, if you want to find it quickly. I borrowed my sister's login because I don't, that's like, you know, that's too many services for me. Peacock's free at least. Well, yeah, it has a free version, but I figured since she pays for it, I might as well use that version. She pays for it? Yeah, because you can get more content if you pay. Oh, I pay for nothing. I won't even pay for Spotify. No. Um, (laughs) No. Yeah, when I was dancing with my niece, we had to listen to an advertisement. She kept asking, what song is this? And I'm like, auntie is cheap. This is an advertisement. <laughs> it's not, I got a good deal. It's um Spotify and Hulu together for 10 bucks a month, so I don't think that's not too bad. That is not too that is that is not too bad. I still go for the pre-versions of crap if I can help it. Anyway, so Omaima Nielsen, Nelson was a woman who immigrated from Egypt to America in her early teens. Mm-hmm. Um she emigrated after she met an American man who was traveling in Egypt for work, I believe. And she married him and came back to America with him. And the marriage quickly ended. Um, so Omaima has basically supported herself by being sort of a kind of a low, like looking for sugar daddies, kind of like a low mm-hmm. level, a low level gold digger um, was the term that she- they used in the show. Yeah, she was a, a new immigrant to the United States, so she didn't have a great grip on English. Um, she was working kind of part time as a nanny, as a housekeeper. Um, yes. She did some modeling gigs. She's she was by all I mean by all means very beautiful, gorgeous woman. Yeah, they kept calling her exotic, which I thought was really gross. That is, I don't like when people say that. Like we don't we don't need to fetishize women of color. Yes, any women, definitely not women of color. Uh, so she. <sighs> I, I I hate to call her a sex worker. I don't know if it, it, she could officially be called a sex worker. I think it was just kind of like there happened to be like an unofficial. Uh, it was transactional, you know, yeah. like it wasn't an official thing. I think, like you said, she was looking for sugar daddies. So she would have like a pseudo relationship with men or mm-hmm. at least, you know, to her, it was pseudo. I think for them, it was real. They really liked her. Yeah. But she was expecting things in return, mostly money. Correct. So there was a quid pro quo there, which is neither here nor there, but it's it's what we're dealing with. 
if people out there have those sort of consensual arrangements, I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that. But if one person doesn't know they're in that kind of re- uh, arrangement, <laughs> that's not okay. So Omaima had, you know, various, you know, kind of short-lived relationships. And then she met Bill Nelson, 56, and she was 23 at the time. Mm-hmm. He had five kids and seven grandkids. It was 17. 17, 17, 17. yeah. You imagine dating a guy with five kids, not even just five kids, but kids that are older than you. Yes, kids that are old, which um, rightfully so left sort of a skeevy taste in their mouths. They weren't blaming her more so. I guess they were kind of looking at her as a gold digger, but it's like, what is your dad doing dating a 23-year-old when he's 56? Exactly. Also, I was a little annoyed with the kids when (laughs) they, you know, they were hesitant of her, but then he took her to Texas to meet the family. Yeah, this guy was like a, you know, a guy with like BDE from Texas. He was loud. He was flamboyant. I would have been annoyed by him. The kids kind of warmed up to her when she got bucked off a horse and then just asked for an aspirin and a shot of vodka, which from a medical standpoint, please do not do that. And from another standpoint, that's like not a good reason to like somebody. Yeah. I found that strange. Like I thought they were going to say something like the dad had a horse. Back yeah. So was I. And she rushed over to help him or something really? like that. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I, that's so funny that you say that because that's where I thought that was going too. I was like, Oh, maybe, you know, something happened and, and she really stepped up to the plate. No, she just got bucked off a horse and she was like, Oh, I'm fine. Just give me an aspirin and a shot, which I hate when we glamorize, like not seeking medical treatment. Yeah, I mean, I know this is the United States and it costs an arm and a leg just to take an ambulance, but mm, I mean, if if you need it, get it. They're not going to turn you down even if you don't have insurance. Correct. And I think glamour, I think we tend to sort of glamorize things in the culture that are really, really wrong that we shouldn't be glamorizing, but to sort of make it seem like less of an issue, we make it sound like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, you, look at that. They, you know, stitched up their own knees. <laughs> right. They didn't do that because they're a badass. They did that because they could not afford to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a difference here, people. It's like in the Sex and the City 2 movie, which was a cesspool when Ooh. Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, yeah. When Carrie Bradshaw was glamorizing the fact that her butler and his wife only got to see each other a couple times a year and they made the most of the time that they spent together. And she equated that to wanting to live away from her husband for various lengths of time. Oh. Oh, yeah. that's so relatable. My butler does that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, they're away from each other out of necessity. They can't afford to be close together. Yeah. The, I'm like, watch your privilege, woman. Anyway, we lapsed into sex in the city is problematic, which could be another whole podcast. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Oh, God. We'll still watch the epilogue special. So for better or worse, Omaima and Bill are in this are in this relationship. Bill called his daughter on Thanksgiving saying him and Omaima are living in their apartment. They had a beautiful Thanksgiving together with all the trimmings. Uh, I loved how I loved how the guy that they were interviewing said he had a turkey with all the fixings. And I was like, huh, <laughs> sounds like my grandmother. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of colloquialisms used by the interviewees in this episode. Hence, mm-hmm. hence low, hence um, low income gold digger, which was, you know. Iffy. Uh, So anyway, three days after Thanksgiving, Bill was dead. Yep. So yeah, not not so great after all, apparently. As you do, Omaima showed up on the doorstep of her ex-boyfriend's house, whose name is... 
Jose Esquivel. Jose Esquivel. Yep. Thank you. I you you knew it before I could turn my page quick enough. He was sleeping in a couple days after Thanksgiving, as you do, and saw a red Corvette in the driveway of his house. It was indeed not Prince. And and then Damn it. I, I would open the door right away if Prince was at the door. Well, yeah, he's dead, so it's it would be really exciting. Yeah, doubly exciting. <laughs> doubly exciting. One, it is Prince. Two, he is dead. Hopefully he uh, arrives on my door like as attractive as he was before death, not like as a zombie. And I actually heard that he makes really good mac and cheese, so I'm really hoping he oh. comes. <laughs> I'm just picturing Prince with like a, a guitar slung over his back and a little little container of macaroni and cheese coming out of a red <laughs> Corvette and we'd all just be thrilled. <laughs> anyway, so so in, in our version of heaven, this is what happens on a regular basis. <laughs> Prince shows up with macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and then we eat it together and he plays, you know, a nice song for dessert. But it's not a Prince song. For some reason it's country roads. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what? Prince would never. Prince would never. Heaven Prince would. Okay. All right, the show's going off the rails. So Jose finally opens the door when he finds out it's his very short-lived from a year ago ex-girlfriend, Omaima, showing up. And she makes the very rational and very common request to ask him to help her dispose of her now defunct husband's body. Mm, we've all been there. I know. He offers her... No, she offers him $75,000 in two motorcycles I mean, it seems fair. Yeah, I don't know how much the motorcycles are worth or how much he enjoys riding motorcycles. Like between five and ten thousand dollars, if I had to wage a guess. Used ones? It depends. You know, if we're if we're new going, ones are a lot more than that. <laughs> right. Used and you know, the fact that a dead guy owned them. So I would say that's pretty fair. Maybe fifteen grand for both of them. So we're looking at almost six figures for doing this. Sure. I mean, you know, half a day's and work. And so he goes, oh, yeah, sure. Let me get the truck. I'll be right back. And he calls the cops. (laughs) It's Jose. We have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, otherwise, he's looking at becoming not that he would have anyways, obviously. No, (laughs) no. He jumped into action because he wasn't about this. But yeah, he was not about this life. Yeah. Can you imagine like just we won't say names, but we'll just, you know, go back into our memory bank and think of our short lived relationships that we've had. I've had many. Okay. Yeah. So now that we're sitting in that cesspool together, think about Ooh. one of them. <laughs> think about one of them showing up, asking you to help them dispose of a body. Like, what would you do? I don't have a truck. So like, I don't have that as an excuse. So we would be like, hold on. Let me just, uh, let me feed the cats. I'll be right back. There are some of them where you'd be like, yeah, let's add another body to the pile, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't. Uh, condone killing people but this is just like a weird thing so thank thank god so we had to go out and get a pay phone the the benefit of this happening in modern day you could just be like i have to go to the bathroom and go you know hit your panic button and uh for those of uh, those of you who don't know you can text 911 if you're ever in a situation where you you know are are trapped inside with someone who's causing you harm or may cause you harm yep. you can just you can text 911 you don't have to call yep or you can always dial 911 and put your phone down. Mm-hmm. Dial it. Yep, they can find you. Trust me. And just leave it going in the background. You can put your phone on mute if that um, 
And that helps if you can if you can do that, and also text nine one one as well. Um, there are also panic button apps. Kayla and I use one of them. Uh, Noonlight, Noonlight, Noonlight. I've actually been sharing it with some of my patients too. We are not sponsored. Also, Noonlight hit us up, <laughs> and it's a free app, so we would highly recommend it. Anyway, so uh, we thankfully not had to use it. Uh, so anyway, the police show up. She denied killing her husband. She appears to be very like. Co- well, cooperative. I don't know if they said that she looked calm, but she was cooperative and answering all of it, all of their questions. But her answers are very bizarre. Yes, but she appears at first glance to have injuries that are consistent with the story that she's telling, which mm-hmm. is that she was abused, she was tied up, and she was raped by her husband. Correct. Until the police are like, "Hey, look at that nice red Corvette. Why don't we take a peek in there?" And what do they find in a bag in the back seat, Jordan? Organs. Human organs. Also, I never want to hear that my car's dirty again. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> so they're like, okay, so we're taking this woman in for questioning. So yeah, they kind of, they split up. So um, the detectives go to question her at the, at the station. And, this, and then <laughs> they took her downtown. They took her downtown. And then there's another team that goes to take a peek at their apartment. Yep. Um, so when they went to the apartment, um, they at first just found a whole lot of clutter. Yeah, um, I guess Bill was in the business of like taking apart and fixing computers. So there was like a lot of computer parts scattered yep. around. We also learned that Bill was a drug runner and went to jail for a minute. Yeah, she she explains that in the into the police invest in police interview yep that he spent four years in a federal prison for drug trafficking yeah he moved drug trafficking because he he came back from a trip to costa rica with a plane full of marijuana that's a lot they also they also at some point they don't really expand on this but they say that he may have worked for the cia yeah they kind of just they kind of just dropped that and ran didn't they (laughs) yes they did snapped i'm gonna need an epilogue I mean, I guess, like, if you work for the CIA, you can't really tell anybody the nature of anything that That's you do. True. So maybe they didn't know any more than that, but... It could be. It's weird so, CIA turned drug smuggler. Yeah. Maybe he just saw the opportunity and took it, you know? He's like, well, I have a plane. I might as well bring some weed back. I might as well just fill it up with weed. So, Omaima in this interview is still... Her her af her not, presentation is very bizarre. Yeah, and um, she's pacing around the room. She's rambling a lot. She's speaking in third person, talking about hallucinations. She denies, denies, denies that Bill is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so investigators are like, "All right, we're getting nowhere. We're gonna send her to the hospital for a rape kit and to document her injuries because she had pretty extensive injuries to her body." When they took her to the hospital, they found no signs of. Rape. So what that means is no trauma to either the vagina or the anus. So no sign of bruising. Bruising. Yes. Not saying that that meant that she was not raped, but there was no signs of rape, which is Mm -hmm. what they look for. It's really hard to get DNA evidence when somebody is raped. So I also, can I just say, sane nurses, um, Yes, you have... 
you have all of my respect. Um, I know a few nurse, I've known nurses in my career that are saying nurses and they are incredible and they provide such incredible support to people that come in to the emergency room, which is a stressful place on a good day to not the fault of anybody, just the nature of the location. And they provide excellent knowledge and compassion and support to people that have gone through a really shitty experience. And what does that stand for? Uh, sexual assault nurse examiner. Yeah, I learned about that when I, I can't remember what podcast it was I was listening to, mm-hmm. but this woman was recounting her experience of being raped and or no, maybe it was the nurse. Yeah, it was the nurse that they interviewed. This woman yep. was raped and was having a rape kit done at the hospital. Yep. And she had decided to become a sane nurse after this incident because the doctor who was examining her was like, uh, he did the whole exam. Mm-hmm. Didn't walk her through it, didn't tell her what was going on, but oh. was like, at the end of it was like, have you ever had gonorrhea? And she was like, no. And he was like, well, you do now. And then he just got up and left. Oh my gosh, that just so makes me sick. The existence of sane nurses is not just for the expertise, but also for advocacy and patient support, which is Correct. very desperately needed. Yes, yes. I considered when I was working in the hospital, I considered becoming a sane nurse. But uh, my career- oh my gosh, you would be so good at it. Thank you. My career path, you know, did change gears a little bit. Um, so that you know is something that I decided not to do. But I still um, think it's extremely important. And like I said, no nurses that do it and think it's. So needed and incredible, and Mm -hmm. they truly make a difference. Mm -hmm. And and if for nothing else, um, they're there for somebody on probably one of the worst days of their lives. So back at back at the apartment, what? Let's let's talk about what they found. (laughs) Well, they found a lot of things. So on first glance, they like kind of didn't see a heck of a lot. Uh, and then they're like, okay, see some blood spatter in a couple of places. And then, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, something happened here. So they saw a lamp and an iron with blood and hair on it. And they were like, hold up. Whoops. Wait a minute. That's not normal. So they look in a pot mm-hmm. and cooking, cooking in, in the pot along with turkey meat are Bill's hands. Hands. Also, I don't know what's worse. I don't like turkey. Yeah, turkey, as we've discussed, turkey has the consistency of wet paper towel. And yet it's still dry. Yes. Rude. All, right. all of the gravy in the world can't fix that shit. Oh, gosh. I make good gravy, too. Good gravy. Um, so <laughs> I like I like my note for this. So I'm just going to read it exactly how I wrote, wrote it. Then they looked in the freezer. They found hot dogs, Bill's head, and frozen vegetables. <laughs> yeah. They're like, the guy they're interviewing is like, we found hot dogs, peas, carrots, and Bill's head in tinfoil. <laughs> it's like, what? Why the tinfoil? And she, well, because she had deep fried it first before putting it in there. So she had to, I guess, uh, keep it like you would meat that you deep fried. I guess we're all just meat if you think about it. True. Yeah. So she deep fried his head. So of course there were burns all the hell over it. And I hate for this, like, so the crime scene photos are available on Google, like everything else. Yeah. I'm sure if you dig deep enough, you can find the uncensored ones. I don't suggest it. I didn't. No. But I don't. I, I mean, I don't suggest it. Let's not be dumb. So, but the thing is, is like, this story and the photos and stuff like that are, imagine being his child or grandchild. Yeah. And having all of this out there and knowing that this happened to your dad. That's yeah. fucked. Yeah, this is still a human. Warts and all, whatever happened between the two of them happened between the two of them. This is still a human. It's, it yeah. honestly sounds like 
nothing happened between the two of them. That's correct. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. And also, um, for the first responders that saw the crime scene saying it was the worst of their career, for first responders to say that, you know it had to be bad. Yeah, exactly. They actually brought... I don't know if it was a first responder or one of the other investigators. They brought them back when Omaima made an appeal years later, just mm-hmm. so that he could, he was in another state, like working a different job and they brought him back just so that yeah. he could speak on how horrific it was. Yeah. Also, um, can I make a public service announcement? Please, please, please never ask a first responder or a healthcare worker what the worst thing they've ever seen was. I asked someone once what the wildest story they have was, but I think that's different. That is that different. could be funny. It can be funny. Yeah. First of all, you can't handle it. And second of all, they probably don't want to talk about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Tell them. Yeah. Ask them for a funny story and they'll tell you a really funny story and it might still be gross too, but yeah, don't make them, don't make them relive that. They probably already are traumatized enough. So after they found the severed body parts, they went into the bedroom and found that the bed had two broken bedposts. There was blood all over the mattress. And Soaked down to the uh, box, spring, box spring, which is a lot of blood. La 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 of bread. So th- blood. So they're thinking maybe Omaima wasn't the person that was tied up as they originally thought. Mm-hmm. So they went to the severed limbs that they had and found lacerations or bruises around the ankles, which would lead us to believe that Bill was the person tied to the bed. Um, given that you know, assuming that the body parts that they found belonged to Bill, which we believe they did, and that he was the person that was tied to the bed and not Omaima. So when Omaima was confronted with this evidence, she mm-hmm. made a confession. So she gave up the whole, um, I'm denying that my husband is dead thing. Mm-hmm. But she now she says, she pulls a uh, Chicago and she says, I don't remember how I killed him. When I came to, he was in the in pieces in the trash bags. Oh, I love that you said pulled to Chicago. I it was until I was washing the blood off my hands that I knew they were dead. Also, yes. it is worth mentioning when they reviewed her injuries at the hospital, and when the an investigator reviewed her injuries, they were consistent with somebody who had to dismember a body. Yeah, they they were consistent with someone else's like. I, yeah, I guess that's that's how I would put it. I was going to say um, someone else's defensive, like defensive wounds on her body. Do you know what I mean? Like he was fighting back. But I don't think he no, had the no, chance No, it to. wasn't. No, it was. They said it's from, I hate to make this comparison. You know, when you're outside and doing yard work and you get pretty banged up. Yep. Mm-hmm. You would get banged up even worse if you were cutting up a body. This is, right. these are some thick bones Dead weight, really no pun intended. You would get really banged up lacerations uh, from bone fragments and contorting your body in strange ways and having things fall on. You would get really banged up cutting up and dismembering a body. Mm -hmm. So that's what her injuries are consistent of. Also, after seeing pictures of the two of them, she was a lot smaller than him. So she was dealing with pretty big body parts, I think, in comparison to herself. Yeah, and she she did the whole demons made me do it. She was talking about drugs. She was talking about abuse, mysterious people contacting her, visions, messages to kill Bill. (laughs) I've said the Um, same thing. That's so funny. She requests a psychiatrist and they book her and put her in jail. I mean, she she's interviewed later by a forensic psychologist. It's not like she doesn't get that, but Oh, of course, yeah. 
and her bail was extremely high, so she never made bail. So and they they ahead. so the forensic examiner took a look at the remains and took a look at like Bill's documentation and realized yep. that there were a hundred pounds of him missing. Yes. So yeah, and he also had twenty five wounds to his skull. Oh, I don't think I remember that part. That makes sense. Twenty five wounds to his skull, and he was cut up so well they were concerned she had done it before. Yes, and the Jeffrey Dahmer case had recently happened. Yes. So they were like, did she eat him? Like, do we have a female Jeffrey Dahmer here? But then they talked to a neighbor who says that they heard the garbage disposal running the whole weekend. So they assume. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I'm afraid of my garbage disposal for this reason. Okay. Why? You're afraid of like cutting off your own hand? Yes, even though like there's <laughs> there's no situation like I would have to put my hand in there and then reach over and turn the thing on. <laughs> or you're afraid of like Luna walking over to you going, "Sorry, bitch." She would. <laughs> she would. <laughs> she's pretty chaotic like that. She's like she's like fuck around and find out, bitch. Oh my god, champagne almost shot out my nose. Um, <laughs> did you see? There was this um, there was a TikTok and it's this kid. This kid is or guy is having his dad uh, translate memes that are in Arabic. Oh my and gosh. He, he sends him one that says fuck around and find out. And the dad translate it as continue to fuck with me and we will see. <laughs> which is fancy, which is fancy. I do like that. It's like fuck around and find out, but you could say it at work. Yes. Well, you can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can do anything if you try hard enough. So while mine was in jail, um, they she disposed of Bill's body in some kind of way. And mm. more kind of comes out about Omima's past. She stole cars and money from previous relationships. She shoplifted mm-hmm. from a store and bit a security guard's breast almost completely off. Ugh, and she bit her in the crotch, too. I missed that part. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I was just too traumatized about the breast biting and then looking at my own breast going, how would somebody? I know. Yeah. She, yeah, she was arrested for, she spent a few months in prison for shoplifting and battery. And biting of boobs. Um, biting of boobs. So we learn about a gentleman named Robert Hansen. She is like a fleshy old guy type, I'm finding. So she was in a relationship with him before she was in one with Bill. And she... Asked him for money, and he, you know, very romantically responded, so what are you going to do? Give me for it. Uh, mm-hmm. So she said, I'll tie you up, which he consented to, which is fine. And when he was tied up, she pulled a gun on him and said, you know, give me more money. And she was very, you know, new in her tying up a fleshy old man uh, expertise. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get out, get out of the grips overpower her and uh threw her out of the house he didn't call the cops because it was you know because toxic masculinity and this was quite an embarrassing thing but later while she was on charge for murder of bill nelson he spoke out Mm -hmm. so this showed a pattern and a motive as to why bill was killed and how she did it so part of her part of her defense team's uh, strategy was to kind of it was kind of like an insanity plea I guess and they discussed her PTSD that she had from her experiences back home in Egypt so yes. in Egypt she was born south in the south near Sudan and they were very poor dad was very physically violent 
Mm-hmm. And her parents, because of this, her parents divorced and mom took her to Cairo, where they lived in an, an area known as the City of the Dead, which is a slum that is surrounded by graves everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of like death all the time. Which could be sad to some. She essentially says that everyone in her family beat, tortured, and molested her. She did experience this was, you know, fact check. Well, I don't know. Fact checked, I guess. But she experienced female genital mutilation. Yes. Which, by the way, they call it circumcision. And I'm like, sir, it's a little bit more extreme than that. Because they cut off her clitoris. And in some, I I always remember my cross-cultural psychology professor trying Mm -hmm. to illustrate, like, she did a diagram yep. to try and explain to us female genital mutilation. And she started off by saying, all right, welcome to my vagina. And then she goes, don't ever tell anybody I said that. So now I'm telling all of you. So yeah, I mean, in some instances, what happens is the vagina gets sewn together. Correct. So that the woman is a virgin on marriage, like on the day of the marriage, and her husband rips open the suture's well, they're not sutures ah! anymore because it's together, but they they rip open her vagina and have sex with her all at the same time. Yep. So, And female genital mutilation is often performed in a non-sterile environment, sometimes with very crude tools. It's very dangerous. Yep. So she experienced this. The forensic, psycholog- forensic psychologist described her as very soft-spoken and childlike, yes. which alludes to trauma, I think, in the childhood. Because she could be stuck developmentally in that mm-hmm. a stage. Sure. She developed a fantasy world to escape to, which makes sense. You know, when people experience pretty horrific a- abuse, they, um, oh, what is the word I'm thinking of? Disassociate. They disassociate. Thank you very much. She had a, f- the, her fantasy, the, the world that she escaped to was that she was, I thought this was interesting that they said this. The descendant of ancient Egyptians. When I was like, if she's Egyptian, isn't she the the descendant of ancient Egyptians? Like, that's how that works. But it's the part of, listen, she was trying to make her way in American society. So that's the part of American society that, that's the part of um, Egyptian society that Americans not relate to, but hold in high regard. So she would want to associate herself with that sort of, um, with that narrative. Right. But this is a dissociate dissociation that happened when she was a child in Egypt. Oh, so, but that, I just don't understand like that. Her, her, obviously her ancestors are Egyptian. So she, but anyways, she's not the descendant of like royalty or gods or anything like that. So I don't know if maybe that's what she was imagining. I think it is. It's like, you know, it's like saying you're descending from, you know, George Washington and not Joe Blow number five on the Mayflower. Right. So they state that Bill, um, wanted oral sex from her and then it came with verbal abuse. So mm-hmm. she said that that night he was angry that she wasn't doing it the way he wanted. And she became psychotic and heard the voices of ancient Egyptians telling her to kill and dismember him. So now in ancient Egyptian faith, if a body is not whole at the time of burial, mm-hmm. the person can't make it to the afterlife because yeah. in Egyptian uh, beliefs, you, when you go to when you die, yep, and you're on the duat, yep, you have to have your heart weighed against a feather by Anubis, and so yep. if your heart isn't with you and it can't be weighed, you're kind of you spend eternity in kind of their version of limbo. You don't get to go to the afterlife, the field of reeds. 
Correct. So I think that I thought that that was kind of an interesting that was explanation interesting. As, as to why she dismembered him, that it was a very like deeply rooted cultural belief. We don't know that she didn't confirm it, but no. I thought it was an interesting point. I do too. I also think um, we learned an inordinate about inordinate amount about ancient Egypt in our public school education. I was glad for it because I was obsessed with ancient Egyptian. Religion. I thought it was really interesting as well. Yeah, I, I was absolutely in awe of all of that. I mean, mm-hmm. they, what a beautiful culture. It is. Um, and they love cats as much as we do. Mm-hmm. So furthermore, she then said that she cooked his ribs and ate it in barbecue, ate them in barbecue sauce, and they tasted sweet. <sighs> she was, I guess, reading from the book of Albert Fish, who ate butts. Ew. I, I don't think she ate them. I think it said that she she tasted his ribs, like not that she can, you know, sat down and had a meal, but she was just like out of curiosity. I don't know. I've never been that curious. I don't want to know what people taste like. You also have never dismembered a body. I feel like we need to make that abundantly clear. Um, (laughs) That's very true. Did you ever hear about there was this guy who had his leg amputated and he took it home and with him and cooked it and he, he and his friends ate it? No, what subreddit are you reading exactly? <laughs> it's true. It really happened. I don't doubt that because people are fucked. But what? I would not eat your amputated limb, Jordan. I'm sorry. I wouldn't ask you to eat my amputated limb. Good. Good. I think you'd be on your own. I don't know anyone that both of us know that would do that. No, and we know some unsavory characters. And I'm really grateful we do not know mm-hmm. anybody that would eat their own limb. I mean, if you want to do that, go for it. No judgment here. So Omaima said that she ate him once and then denied it going forward. I don't know if she just said, you know, that was one step too far into crazy town that she wasn't willing to live in, which good for her. She then actually is interestingly enough, she took the stand in her own defense, which is a controversial choice, whether you do it or don't do it. People, you know, kind of have something to say regardless. Um, She said the night that he died, they were having violent sex and she stopped it by hitting him with a lamp and then the lamp broke. So she stabbed him with a pair of scissors. As you do. As you do. She doesn't remember dismembering him and then denied that she ate him. Um, She doesn't remember dismembering him. Alas, he was dismembered. So, you know, there it is. And so the jury kind of deliberated for a minute. Uh, Do you have anything to say before we talk about the verdict? Nope, that would be next in my notes, too. Oh, me too. All right, perfect. So the back and forth was, is she guilty of first degree murder or second degree murder? Jury found her guilty of second degree murder and assault. From robbery, yeah, robbery with a deadly weapon for yes. what she did to Hanson. For Hanson, yep. And the sentence was 25 years to life. Yeah, and the, I guess the prosecution found that fair because they couldn't prove premeditation. So that she probably wouldn't have been able to get convicted for first degree murder. But the sentence was fair because she there's the possibility that she'll spend life in prison. Um, so epilogue, she isn't currently incarcerated. She is eligible for parole in 2026, and she will be 58 years old. And while she was in prison, she got married to a wheelchair-bound individual, uh, gentleman, and he died and left her a ton of money. So she is still doing what she does. Yeah, they apparently they were having conjugal visits. Oh. But I found a little bit about her 
post-sentencing. So she was rejected for her first bid for parole in 2006 Mm -hmm. and for her second in 2011. So I guess she's eligible for parole every five years. So she has to make an appeal, right? So the Orange County District Attorney opposed her release on the grounds that, quote, she has not taken advantage of self-help programs in prison, has not admitted to problems with drugs or alcohol, and continues to pose a high risk of dangers to others if released, according to the Orange County Register. This is in addition to their position that she has never shown remorse and continues to be manipulative toward others, obviously, if she's taking advantage of an elderly man. Yeah, I don't don't think she's getting out. I don't think so. I I mean... (laughs) Under what grounds? Can you imagine? Like, oh, yeah, you just murdered and dismembered a man who was probably treating you fairly well. Like, let's just let you back into society. Yeah, no. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think she's, yeah, I don't think she's going to be released. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, I think, I, I think you and I are very compassionate beings. The forensic psychologist was a little too uh was a little too lenient for my for my uh taste yeah, in this episode she says oh she could have gone to a mental hospital and been cured i'm no. like yeah, okay lady okay yeah. sure listen susan okay I, I mean i i agree that it sounds like she's been very traumatized throughout her life but sure. she's not taking advantage you know prisons have therapists she's not taking advantage of any of those programs so That's yep how how well she would she have done in a mental hospital, if she doesn't want to, if she has, the, she doesn't have the motivation to change. <laughs> so yeah. nothing would have happened anyway. And why would she change? Because she still, from a cell, was able to manipulate somebody into giving her money. Exactly. I Yeah. Why would you want to change if what you're doing is working? Yeah. I mean, yes, working in her terms. In her terms. Yeah. Working. It's working for her. 25 to life. That doesn't, that's not working for me. Same. So you can, it shows how warped her mind is. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, but we can't have people dismembering other people. That is not Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) And you know, you can discuss this case at your family Thanksgiving. If things start to get political, you could be like, you know what we should talk about? This wonderful episode of Snaps that I watched. Well, they'll be listening two days after Thanksgiving, but if they have any post-Thanksgiving Okay, so you can just save this one for Christmas. Or, yeah, save it for Christmas. Yep, or any family gathering where things start to get thick. I'm absolutely going to use this at Thanksgiving. What, especially, you want to talk about the Rittenhouse case? How about, how about let's talk about this instead? Hey, did you guys know? Yeah, yep. You want to talk about Rittenhouse? Also, if anybody ever calls me too emotional ever again, I'm going to tell them to go fuck themselves. I can't. And that's all I have to say about that. <sighs> Same. Yeah. Uh, um, so we also wanted to talk a little bit about, so as the date of this airing yesterday was Indigenous Peoples Day. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole month has been Indigenous Peoples Month. Uh, yes. But yesterday was a specific day for the celebration of all of the, all of the, all of the things that Indigenous people have done for us and themselves <laughs> in the history of our country, which is a hell of a lot. Um, so we wanted to give some resources and some ways to help indigenous folks. Uh, one of the uh, charities that I give to personally um, is something called Dig Deep, which provides access to clean water to various groups of people. Way too many people in this country live without running water. And you can imagine that in the year 2021, it is a huge problem for indigenous people and 
there's um, a special program within this organization to help um, the Navajo tribes, unfortunately, on reservations, which is fucked up in and of itself. Access to clean and running water is limited. So Mm -hmm. um, Dig Deep uh, provides, they make, you know, they send water tanks to areas and they also um, make little freestanding sinks uh, for people to use within their homes. I started to, it's not about me, I started to donate to this a few years back when I had problems with my well and couldn't, couldn't get any water for a very finite and short amount of time. And it sucked. Uh, And I was still coming at it from a place of privilege because I was going to be able to fix my well. And I had people in my life that did have water and I could go out and buy water. So it is uh, completely horrendous and unfathomable that we live in one of the richest countries in the world and people still don't have water. And a lot of those people are indigenous people and that is fucked up on a whole other scale. So Dig Deep is a really great organization. I look at uh, their ratios uh, before I donate to any organization, really, and they are putting money into the mission. So mm-hmm. Dig Deep would recommend. I have several creators that I follow um, online that I get a lot of really wonderful information from. Um, can probably definitely do this more justice than Jordan or I could. Yep. One of the Instagram accounts that I follow is MMI Who Is Missing. So they focus on missing and murdered Indigenous people, um, which is an epidemic in the United States and Canada, specifically missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Mm-hmm. So that page has a lot of really good information. Also on TikTok, hold on, let me find them. So one of sure. one of the accounts I follow, a lot of people follow and really like him, is Modern Warrior. He's known for his <laughs> response vid- videos to white people in which he says, hey, colonizer. <laughs> so I respect that. I do too. So the other account I follow um, on TikTok is Sheena Nova, mm-hmm. S-H-I-N-A-N-O-V-A. We'll have links to all of these in our bio. Yep. She's an indigenous person, specifically Inuk. She does a lot of like information about her own culture and history. Um, she shows music and greetings her and her mom do like a true quote-unquote Eskimo kiss which I think is the cutest thing ever that's cute but she's really wonderful and I encourage people you know today is small business Saturday so I encourage people to buy from indigenous creators Mm -hmm. especially if you're looking for something that indigenous people typically make like moccasins buy from indigenous people instead of large companies Oh, I, I thought I always thought Small Business Saturday was after Thanksgiving, um, but I actually did go to a small business today. Went to my local antique store to get soap, as most people do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's what I mean. That the day this airs, it's going to be Small Business Saturday. Oh, <laughs> Johnny on the spot, I am. We we, we got to get you look, thinking in the future. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> thinking. I'm not thinking fourth dimensionally. That's okay, but I'm glad that you patronized your local business. I sure did. I sure did. I like my little antique store, and they have a lovely goat soap that is patchouli scented. So, um, <sighs> yes. Yes. So I walked down there and got myself a bar of my goat soap. I just recently bought some pieces of jewelry for myself from Etsy. I'm really excited about it. I ha- Ooh. got a new clicker, septum clicker. with It's got like opal on it and these really cool plugs that have like a hole in the bottom so you can wear your regular earrings even if you have stretched lobes like I Oh, do. that's cute. I'm really I love that. excited about that. I yeah. love that for you. 
Shop local, support the people who are here first. We're all on stolen land. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I mean, un- unless you're indigenous, <laughs> then you're not. Yes. You know what I mean? So the white, you can the white f- folks are on stolen. Well, the non-indigenous folks are on stolen land. So you can find us on Instagram at BiopsychPod and Twitter mm-hmm. as well, but I don't post on our Twitter. Um, and on Facebook at Biopsychosocial, a podcast. Please, if you enjoyed this, leave us five stars and maybe a little like blurb review, like That'd what you like. I mean, you don't have to leave anything, especially if you didn't like it. That's okay. It, it, you don't have to. You don't have to, but you know, we would have fun reading it if you did. So be kind to each other. Um, give yourself a lot of self care around the holidays. Take breaks from your family, you know, if they're exhausting. And we'll see you in the next one. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Spanksgiving. Bye. Bye.